Week six of the Arizona high school football season is now in the books, and again, due to COVID, it was a lighter schedule. Three wins and three losses is the record. We'll talk about the rankings this week and what it means and what it may not mean. We'll certainly elaborate on where we feel some of these teams may end up. This is the Seatown Rivals podcast presented by BQ Enterprises. Check out BQ Enterprises, where all of your legal needs can be handled from A to Z. Ralph Amsden, Chili, along with Brett Quintown, where we talk football at the 3A, 4A, and 6A levels. And fellas, just briefly, something fun away from high school football. Chili, I think you stepped yeah, away for a little uh, bit. Yeah, I got out of town uh, my first trip of the year, actually, which I... Yeah, my first trip of the year, and it was... Uh, of the calendar year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I, uh, and normally, wow. like, I'm always traveling a lot, yes. so, like, um, you know, I was a little curious to see uh, how things were going to go and... Uh, what people were going to be like, but um, Southwest was amazing, no middle seat occupancy, which was cool, and uh, for the most part, everybody masked up, nobody complaining or crying about it, um, the difficulty of it, because I know it's difficult to put on a mask, um, but yeah, no, it was cool, uh, San Francisco, uh, the Bay Area was nice, uh, I was there for a day, and then, uh, you know, uh, the Los Angeles area was nice too, uh, although... Uh, boarded up, kind of looking like the Purge, which I know you're familiar about because you like those type of scary movies. I definitely and stuff. do. So it was it, it was crazy. It, I don't know, just a lot of a lot of the world is changing. Yeah, it, I don't know. It was wild. Mr. Ralph, I didn't realize that you were a horror film guy until I heard you talking about it on the <laughs> on the show the other day. Yeah, the AZ Preps 365. Yeah, you guys did on the Halloween yes show. The whole, like you were just talking about all the different scary movies the whole time. So I got one for you. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's Matthew McConaughey and Bill Paxton. It's called Frailty. And it's not like the traditional scary movie, but it's... Is, uh... Uh... Not Sandra Bernhard. What's her name? Who's the lead actress in there? I think I know the movie you're talking about. Was it kind of set in the country a little bit or no? A little bit. Like, yeah, like a small town sheriff. Yes. Um... Uh, I can't think of the actress. She's a brunette. Um, there was a scene in that movie, if I'm correct, with some chicken wings. And I will leave it at that because it's the movie that I'm thinking of. It's, uh, it was out there. They were, uh, they were battling in the kitchen and some people got hit in the head with some soup cans. And it's, um, It was like Matthew McConaughey the way we've never seen before. It was, uh, for sure, for sure. He, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I always just thought that 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 movie, because like the traditional scary movies, it's it's, it's just always so somebody's um, running from somebody, and this yeah. was more of an eerie, yeah, type yes. of thing than actual yes. horror. I like movies like that. Like you remember the others with Nicole. The, not, was that Nicole Kidman? The Others was good. The it was like not was even a rated R movie. It's, correct. I like movies that can scare you but aren't like In a different do way. it with the gore. That's right. Know? The last movie, the last scary movie that I went to go see was The Strangers. The um, Strangers in, is a great in the, flick. In the movie theaters with yes. me and my three roommates when we had a big house. Not this yes. house, but a big house. The Strangers had Liv back. Tyler in it. Yeah. And it's, we um, kept all the lights on. We had The Strangers was actually, it was my number... Oh, it's funny how the lights are flickering. <laughs> what is While this? we're talking. That is hilarious. <laughs> that is not wow. hilarious. Wow, dude. That, is not that really. was oh my, uh, my number four scariest movie on the show that Ralph is referring to. That yeah. is so the scariest the movie I've ever seen. I, is, yeah. Yes, I, I did see that since. in a theater in 2008. Um, saw it alone. 
It was nah, uh, never. I did see it. I, we had this shed in the backyard that was making like some weird noise because of the pool. That is so funny. And it took all three of us with like baseball bats and my, to go out there. My wife has not been to a scary movie or even sat down to watch one since the Michelle Pfeiffer Harrison Ford. Uh, oh wow! I can't Ooh, remember. Back? I can't yeah. remember the name of it, but like that was Wait, probably wow, this is funny. that's probably the like last time. Yeah, yeah, the last yeah. time I jumped in a theater. That was that. That was wow. like an intentionally scary movie. The last time I jumped was because of of that that move. Wow, movie. that's and I'm, that's I don't know maybe some younger that. people that that uh, that haven't seen. So I can't even talk about it without really giving away. Yeah, but it's it's, it's kind of like a haunting. Um, type movie. Correct. I always inquire with Juan Geraldo. Now this from movie Mesquite, frailty. That movies. might not be the movie that I'm. What lies beneath? Of. That was twenty one hours Harrison ago. Ford movie. Yeah, yes. twenty years ago. Yeah, she hasn't seen a scary movie in twenty years because that, that one is... really got her. <laughs> wow, that's. Wow. So this, I'm, this... I'm curious. While you guys are looking for movies and stuff, yes. <laughs> Hollywood's making this movie kind of about the pandemic. Songbird. I kind of put the trailer out there on Twitter. Any interest from either of you guys to go see that? I don't know if you've even seen the trailer. Have you seen the trailer? Songbird. I but real life is enough of a scary movie right now. I don't know. I would probably see it. Oh my gosh! I gotta send you. I gotta send you the trailer, and I gotta get your feedback on. Twitter. I don't understand these people that made Contagion the number one streamed movie during the pandemic. That's oh, not Contagion. funny to me. It's not funny, but it is a fantastic flick. It's a good movie, it's... but why watch it now? You know what's great about Contagion? It's funny how this is the Sea Town Rivals podcast. Oh, no, I don't but care. Uh, no, this is great. There's a Contagion. bunch of teams didn't play games. Yeah. Got to fill time. That's true. Contagion, which was made about ten years ago, the same premise <laughs> would and that <laughs> kicked is off the, kicked off the movie preview on my phone. My bad. It streams just as good now as it was ten years ago. Meaning, if that movie was made now, it's relevant. Ten oh, years ago, it was relevant. So there's no give or take. It's it's so on point, and how it started is just so. Do you guys saw it? You, yeah, you, oh, absolutely. The I'll way it forget. started is just very bizarre, and that's kind of how COVID may have started. I mean, it's who would think that a a bat with a pig in a trash can going into a restaurant could cause a worldwide. Yeah death scenario so it's huge um, huge like uh reward in that movie for people who do not like um what's her name uh gwyneth paltrow see here's my <laughs> thing i am a gwyneth paltrow fan oh, um I i'm going to use a quote from my brother-in-law we're watching the movie and he's like wow there's not too many movies that you actually see Gwyneth Paltrow with her dome split open. Oh, wow. And that is... Yeah. <laughs> She's laying there on the table and her... See how my hand is? That's her brain. It's oh, just flapped Lord. open and they go into detail. C-Tail Rivals Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Horror is, edition. This was... Uh, this was good stuff. <laughs> but, Dang. Uh, Let's uh, yeah. I don't watch scary movies, so I'll never go see it. So I'm just kind of trying to. You've never seen it. Contagion. No. Oh, you oh, man. Got you. I don't. I don't do. Not scary. now. No. Like wait a oh, year. I would this even is say, see it now because it's so relevant. It's it's enough. You're already thinking about this stuff enough. It's a lot. Well, it, it will feel like a documentary for sure. Yes. No, it, and it starts cool. on day two, and it ends on day one. So it goes backwards. No, it goes forward, but the last scene is day one and how oh, it all got started. Okay, okay. So, okay, yes, I got it's, you. Uh, 
I am intrigued by this Songbird movie, so I will tweet it to you, Brett, so that, that you can check is it that out. A, is that a scary movie? It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be based on COVID-19 and where we are like five years from now, and it's called like COVID-24 or something like that. I could, mm. I would, oof. Looking and into every, the future is not something I really love, but I would watch that, though. And it, and what, what's crazy about it is based on like the, the trailer, like being out in L.A., it literally like felt like that's like what the movie was kind of like very very loosely um they have like the military out there in the streets like if a if a regular pedestrian is just walking like you have to like show that like you're um, you yeah that you're clear that you're clear and so did you watch outbreak with dustin hoffman did you watch I've that seen movie? that yes. that was the monkey movie yeah yes. i think i saw part of it okay yeah contagion's like a part of it super realistic version of that that's correct that. yeah Good stuff. That's yeah, like, no. um, uh, I don't do scary movies. Wow, that's. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a Disney Plus guy, man. We are chilly as much as we have stuff so, in common. We are completely opposite. Yes. You're, you're, a, you're a haunted mansion guy. Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. That's like I said. I always hit up Juanarado. Now, now I'll hit up uh, Brett. You know, just to find out what the movie's about, so I can always talk about it. That's actually yeah. like what I used to do in radio and stuff. Like, I would send an intern to the movie premiere. Tell them to tell me everything, and then I'd pretend that I saw it when I went on the air. And I'd be like, yeah, it was great. This is what I like the best about it. But it would actually be like, you know, I had like a ghostwriter of sorts. Nice. So. That's definitely good stuff. But uh, let's slide into football. And as usual, we'll begin with the Seton Catholic Sentinels. Unfortunately, they were beaten pretty soundly by the ALA Queen Creek Patriots, 58-21. Despite Mikey Castro's efforts, he did play well. The Sentinels, they fell behind 31-7 after one quarter. They were never able to catch up. They'll head over to Tempe on Friday, still looking for that first elusive first win as they take on the Padres of Marcos Deniza. This is their first time scoring over 20 this year, is it? I or did they get a win? No, they're over. They, okay. Yeah, I think this is their high score, high scoring output. Hey, at least Mikey Castro looked good over 300 total yards. Yes. I know you have a buck 55 on the man. ground, a buck 70 on the, through there and stuff. Um, receiving, so three touchdowns for him. He was all the 21 points. Holy smokes. Yeah, he's... Uh, hey, he made an impact, though. He did. No, Just like we thought he would. Yes, yep. absolutely. Our 3A teams, they saw a split. The Valley Christian Trojans, they improved to 5-1 and one on the season after a 54-28 win at Payson. VC got it done behind Jordan Hansel's four touchdown passes and 285 yards. Senior Sharon Weatherspoon, a name we haven't called before, he hauled in four passes, three for touchdowns for 178 yards to assist in the scoring blitz. And Ralph, that's five straight games now that the running back, Cade Majerkak, breaks the century mark. That's huge for them to be able to have a running game. It's it's really it's really curious, and I know we're about to talk about Arizona College Prep, but it's really curious to see Arizona College Prep's last few weeks mm-hmm. and Valley Christian's last few weeks, and just the outlier that that seven to nothing game between the two of them is, because both of them really have their offense rolling, and both of them, you know. Um, well, Valley Christian, I think more so than, yes. than Arizona College Prep, really seems to have its defense mm-hmm. um, on point. But yeah, th- this, this, I mean, if you, if you know, that's the anomaly now. If you throw that result out, you could say that this might be the best Valley Christian offense in our time. Yes, I would agree. Covering them, and, and yes. which is crazy because they've had some really good players come Correct. through there. This seems to be more of a. More of a team effort, more of a scheme thing, mm-hmm. uh, and that's very encouraging for them moving forward. Absolutely. My first year on the podcast, they had a super tough offense with Crash and um, 
all those all those receivers. They had like the two the kids that transferred from like Basha, I think. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, they, they did. They, yeah, they definitely and, got and, a couple kids from Basha, and they were right? playing at two A, and so right, you have right. to look at like the level uh-huh. of the level of competition definitely comes into play. I'm not sure that Valley Christian team would go up to the White Mountains and lay. Correct, because I don't even know if that team made the postseason that first year that we were I don't think they did. Yeah, and I think that's where is clearly this VC team is going to uh, get to play uh, at least one or two more games, that's for sure. A home date against the 1-4 Sholo Cougars is next as Jake Peterson's team tunes up for the postseason. The ACP Knights, they came up on the short end of a 43-37 decision to the Santa Cruz Dust Devils. Brian Dyson caught four touchdown passes for 131 yards. Richie Williams, he did his thing on the ground with 112 and a score. Chili, obviously Coach Bluford's team, good. I'm going to say real good. But what do they have to do to go deep? Because their two losses have been 42-37 and now 43-37. You know, um, somewhere along the line, the offense is just going to have to make one more play. Um, you know, and the defense is going to have to figure out a way to get one more stop mm-hmm, because right. anytime your offense puts up 37 points, you need to win that game. You really need to win that game. Um, they're so talented. And this Santa Cruz team is is really, really good. They played up to a 4A team. Right, they're not your average uh, 2 right. team. Up, they played up to a 4A team and had and all the momentum right. yeah. in the third so, quarter. Like, against a very, very talented 4A team that's currently good. open bound. So yeah, like, correct. Again, a, four, a 4A team that did not have a receiver catch four touchdowns like i've seen this santa cruz team i've seen their defensive backs i've seen their ability to get to the quarterback i've seen hunter ogle as a linebacker slash safety he's by far by far the most talented player in all of 2a and so you might look at this and say oh 2a team came up and beat uh 4a uh yeah three or three a three arizona college prep Mm -hmm. but like that 2a team Honestly, is probably a top two, three A team this year, just with yes, with the talent and the coaching that they have. Um, and this is Rashard Davis. This is Rashard right? Davis. Okay, yeah. And so I'm, I'm not who, who I put up for the Chandler job. You know, as as an outsider, I uh, said the same about the Hamilton job, job so, too. Yes. I love this dude. I, I mean, we were talking about the first year that we covered Valley Christian. That's the worst team I've ever seen in nine years of doing this. Worst team I've ever gone out to see was that Santa Cruz team that Valley Christian beat like 35 to nothing. Wow. And that next year, they were like 9-2. and two. And so, I mean, that 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 first year was Richard Davis's first year. Second year, and they've been a championship contender at 2A ever since. And now, with them forcing all the 2A teams to move up to 3A that would have given them any competition, they're having to play up and challenge mm-hmm. You know, a three A Arizona College sure. Prep, and and they and won win. that game. <laughs> they had to play what is probably what, what the AIA, I guess, thinks is the number one. Their stupid formula that doesn't work uh, thinks is the number one team in all of four A, and that game was twenty eight fourteen with just a couple of minutes left, and they they were really hanging tough. They had the ball. Uh-huh. They had the ball and were driving, and they were down twenty eight fourteen. So that was close. Um, I'm proud of Arizona College Prep for what they did in this game, but Chili's right. Like, but I don't. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say the offense has to make one more play. You're putting way too much on this offense that's already performed all year long. The defense has to do something, and unfortunately, because they're at the 3A level, that offense is the defense. You have a lot. You know, Richie Williams is mm-hmm. right. Him know, running, yeah. has to turn up some of the clock. Yeah, but he's also switching and playing linebacker and correct and stuff. You know, on defense, and that that can that can definitely tire you out a little bit. 
Absolutely, and their last regular season game will be at Coronado. The Dons are 0-3 and have yet to score a point this season. The Castile Colts, they took on the Chaparral Firebirds this week, but see their record to drop to 3-3 three three after falling to 53-36. Ralph, we've been talking a lot about the Colts finding themselves in the running game. They got a great performance from Jace Newton. They got the running that they needed, but a defense that looked really good in their first three games has now given up a decent amount of points over their last three. Yeah, I don't. I'm. I'm not 100 sure what happened in this game. Uh, as of last night, I was looking for Chaparral stats to see what they were actually able to do. I see that Chili just pulled it up now, but up, up, even last night there was no. Up there. there was no stats uploaded, so I was trying to figure out what the heck did Happens. Chaparral do right. to everything. You know, to to the team that only gave up seven to Queen Creek. What Correct. is what is going on here? And so I guess I'll I'll, I'll defer to Chili. Mm-hmm. I, I was out there. I was out there. The vlog is up now. Um, to answer Ralph's question, Chaparral did everything. Whatever they wanted to do. Okay. Offense. They wanted to run it. Jared Williams walked in the end zone. Uh, they wanted to throw it. Brayton Silbor found a receiver and passed into the end zone. Both of them had four touchdowns. Quarterback, running back, both of them had four touchdowns. That's a lot of touchdowns, right, between it two is. players. Yes, um, it is. You know, to be fair, to be fair, Castile was missing Shaquan Bowser. Okay. Shaquan Bowser was not playing, which... You know, completely changes up what the what the front of their defense looks like. So because that um, Chaparral offensive line, like if Jack mammoth. if Jack Miller had this offensive line, they probably would have won something with because Jack Miller. Well, was they would have won two more games and probably been a little bit higher up. In yeah, because he Jack Miller had a bunch of two hundred and twenty pound kids. Yes. blocking for him. Yeah, this offensive line looks like it could be at Chandler or wow. at Hamilton. Okay, it's it's about fifteen hundred across. For the five kids, and then wow, and then you With add talent. Anthony Lucas, wow. and then you okay. add Anthony Lucas in their in their what's what do they call U-Haul package? Um, yeah, who's Have also you... almost three hundred pounds. So like, you're talking about eighteen hundred pounds of athletic wow. talent. So this team is big. You know? okay. Yeah, Anthony so, Lucas. Anthony Lucas is the biggest human being I have seen. Like like proportion of height to actual. Size. I know Natrell Curtis was like 400 pounds out at out at Mountain Point, but we're talking like in shape. He, no, see, he's the biggest dude I've seen in Arizona high school football. Anthony ever. Lucas is six five, six four to like ninety three, two ninety, yeah. and he moves like a small forward. Yeah, in he basketball. Quick. And they like, line him up at D tackle, and he'll if you run to the outside, he can get to the sideline and make the tackle. It's my first. He's like a bigger version of like uh, Tyler Johnson. Remember Tyler Johnson was a yeah. super big wide receiver, a kick returner. Like he's, inch yeah. and a half taller, forty more pounds, similar wow. speed. And I, I will tell you, after maybe one quarter of watching him in person, I thought to myself, "There's no way this dude should be on the field with with high school kids. None." Wow. And he's still got a year left. He's just yeah. a junior, and so that that's a lot to deal with. And they already <coughs> had that, that big offensive line. And so um, Chaparral, if they get a good draw, they could go a long ways. Uh, very, very, I don't very mean possible. Long, I'm not very, very possible. But, but um, they've got a they got it strong, everywhere. They, okay. they got it everywhere. Well, um, but Castile, Castile looked good, and I promised myself on the vlog. I said this, you know, for weeks we've been beating up the running game. You know, running back hasn't produced. Uh, Knutson went off for 124, most of it on two carries. One was a 58 yard, uh, one was a 58 yard carry, and I think he had like a 30 yard carry in there. Um, Dane Christensen popped off for an 85 yard touchdown, I believe. Um, Run. Yeah. Good for um, him. He popped out for it's a bit. It's just ironic for, that the day Castile gets solid ground game, they come up short. Right, right, right. So, so it was crazy. Um, 
I saw I saw Christensen dinking and dunking a lot. It seemed like he was throwing a lot of stuff underneath. Uh, and I mean, it it would have worked if they were up, you know, twenty eight to seven. But also, Chaparral uh, Castile scored first. It was seven nothing. Then Chaparral came back and scored. It was seven to seven. Then uh, somewhere along the line, Chaparral had a kickoff that was short, and they recovered it. Uh, mishandled by Castile. Chaparral recovers, gets a short field, scores again. It's like 14 to 7. Um, then they kick an onside kick and get, and get that. And it's it's a 20 to nothing hole before like 20 Big to swing. 7 hole before yeah. you even know it. And I think it even got up to 28 to 7 early in the second quarter. This game, I don't want to say it was over before you knew it, but it was just too much for Castile to come back. Minus Shaquan Bowser because it was going to be so hard for them to get stops. And that secondary. That defense, they tried. They caused fumbles. Uh, two interceptions. My man Corbin Cantrell was balling. Um, those, those boys are good, man. Uh, shout out to them. Like good, the good defense didn't. The defense didn't give up. Uh, I do think those two uh, kickoffs that were mishandled and recovered by Chaparral. I do think that those those are the things that did them in. And that's a theme from you, this week. You can't mm-hmm. you, you can't control. That. I've seen more of those this season than I think yes. I've ever seen in like. My entire football People watching doing like career. Thirty yard kickoffs. Absolutely yeah. yes. I think we've probably seen it in all of our games. Yes, whether it's Chandler based games, CUSD games, or not. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Do you feel like it's an advantage? Because I think there's certainly a disadvantage in not being able to take the field all that much. But when Castillo puts five games on film and Chaparral puts two games on film, do you think that? There's a little bit more of an advantage in that Chaparral has seen a lot more of what Castile's going to be able to do and bring to the table than what than what Chaparral has actually put on film. Do you feel like that's a and, coaching advantage? Because I wonder. Of, I think there's high there's advantages and disadvantages there in terms of competitive consistency. Because like what we've seen from Castile in those five games are the three competitive games early, um, and then against talented teams like Queen Creek and Boulder Creek, and then. Uh, Obviously, the game against Saguaro. Sure. So, you know, those were competitive games versus Chaparral. I know one of their games is against Brophy, who they blew out. And, you know, I don't know if that's really if you can really uh, gauge or, you know, figure a whole lot out or as much from that film as you can from, you know, then they get blown out by Liberty. So, like, right. you know, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit. And, you know, we'll see. We'll see this week. Uh, I, I know Chaparral has Centennial. And Castile, they, they got to win out in order to get into the Open. I have them kind of tweening between my what would be like my eight and nine um, I'll officially put that up uh, in the in the forums arizonavarsity.com I think but it's gonna be tough for them to get in the open I mean obviously they're gonna be a three loss team so yeah because you figure be hard. Uh, who they got Jeremy Hathcott's Desert Ridge team which they're gonna win they're, out they're gonna win yes they're not gonna get necessarily a lot of power points from what we're gonna presume to be a Desert Ridge victory uh, oh victory over Desert Ridge now I got a question this is what I think it's gonna come down to for Castile is I think that Castile's gonna be a three loss team and now I'll say, looking at next, what's week eight got for Castile? Um, week eight has somebody kind of light, Red Mountain. Okay. So I think that they are going to go under. I think I they're going to win the rest of the way, three. right? I think we're they're going to be five and three. Now, I think Liberty is also going to be five and three. So I got to ask you guys real quick. I'm curious, how much do you punish Castile for taking that Saguaro game last minute? Yeah, and how much should that factor in when the competition committee comes in? Because yeah. I think that. Human element they're talking about is going to be. It has to be a human element because they eighties and yeah, coaches. They're not going to put any four A teams in. Is what I've been told. The reason that they introduced human element is that they're not going to have enough games from some of these teams that are obviously Correct. top tier 
And also, at the same time, 4A does not belong. We're talking about Casa Grande as a top 4A team. They struggle right. with the number one yes. 2A team. Yes. It, 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 I don't think we'll no. see any... It, it serves nobody well to see a 4A team go get 70 right. put up on which is exactly why channel. they're introducing the... Uh, so how, yeah, how, so how much I, do you punish Castile? Because if they don't take that game, they are a 5-2 and two team and probably holding on to that last spot. So you're saying open. it's a punishment to Castile to be included in the Open Division playoff? No, I'm no, saying it's a punishment. that so the Saguaro, they took game, that Saguaro game was an L as yeah. opposed to a win. But Because they took it last minute. Yeah, if we're talking about the yeah. AIA formula, the AIA formula likes a good loss more than they like a bad win. Correct. That's part of the well, reason why I'm not a big fan of that. Which AIA is why formula. I think the Liberty lost to who they lose to? Chandler? They've lost to Chandler. They lost to, I think they're going to lose they to They lost Centennial, to Sunrise Mountain. And they lost to Sunrise Mountain. But they've beat a lot of really good teams. <clears throat> yeah, I don't think that loss to Saguaro... Hurts them as much as one thinks. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Uh, that's kind of my. In a perfect world, Castile and Liberty would be the two teams that you're seeing play for a six A title. Yes. Arguably, and yeah. all the teams that are better than them would be that's pushed true. up. Like I feel like Chaparral's better than them, but Liberty beat them. Correct. And so you know, it's it's a weird situation. My, it's whoever they have is funky. Yeah, whoever they have selecting this stuff, it's you know, it's it's going to be tough. But because twenty twenty is as weird as you're saying it is, and we all know it is, I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to waste any breath complaining. The fact that we even get football is it. It's it's been pretty special. So if mm-hmm. we can do our best to not ruin it before that time comes, because the unfortunate thing is if you know if somebody has a slip mm-hmm. up in playoffs, you're not going to be able to make that up. Correct. True. The Basher Bears with another victory. This time it's 56-24 over the Jackrabbits of Mesa. Chris McDonald's team is now 4-2 and two on the year and playing really well. Caleb Jones with a total of six touchdowns, five rushing and one receiving, 140 on the ground. Chile aside from that, DeMond Williams, he continues to be accurate from the QB position. That was a game I ended up going to, and Ralph, thank you for the text while I was Mid-soccer game, I happened to glance, and he's like, hey, the Saguaro-Campo Verde game is not happening. So I figured what would be next in my flow back to that uh, my side of town, Chile, the way you like to call it. Right, so right, 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 it was right. great to see Caleb Jones just go nuts. I mean, this is, this is a horse that they haven't had in the backfield in a long time. You combine that with what we've said last week. They don't need DeMond Williams to do a whole lot, but anytime you're 12 of 16, 12 of 18, whatever he was, they're using their weapons to perfection. Yeah. Who's the best running back you've ever seen at Vasha? Rajon Merriweather? Probably Rajon Merriweather, right? Probably, like, yeah. That, it's crazy that we're getting to the point where it's like, I mean, they, they had that scat back uh, last year, Cole Lundberg. Okay, yeah. yeah he's a bunch of fun, but he wasn't right. like an every Yeah, this is a guy kid. who can get you 25 carries and get you 150, 160. Um, serves a couple of it. He's a bruiser. Yeah. So, I mean, he's short yardage, and he can get you that 15, 20-yard just burst when they're on, on their own 30. So, I mean, he is he's great. He is a terrific weapon for Chris McDonald's team. Big reason why they're winning. Yeah, no, I, I I like Caleb. I saw him in the preseason and stuff, and uh, Coach McDonald uh, told me how much he was going to lean on him um, as a running back, not just as a linebacker. Um, he does uh, fill out a very, very talented linebacking core, but I think now that uh, Wyatt Milkovic is back, it opens some things up for Caleb Jones to you know flourish on the offensive mm-hmm. side of the ball. Um, you know, this Basha team is going to be exciting. They, 
they are highly likely going to finish 6-2, and two, um, provided they remain healthy and stuff like that for this Mountain View uh, team that's currently undefeated. Um, so, I mean, they, they just can't take them lightly. And if they right. keep doing what they're doing, I think that they're going to be fine. And like I said, they'll probably end up 6-2. and two. Um, you It'd know, be great. I, I predicted they would be 5-3. And, three I, right. I, I and I mean, you season. figure at the very least they're going to be 5-3. and three. I mean, we'll see what goes on with the Mountain View game. Obviously, the Toro's unbeaten. I got to think they have enough to beat the Pumas in the following week. So at the very least, 5-3. and three. And I still think that gets them a playoff spot in 6A because win or lose, they're going to pick up some points by playing Mountain View. Yeah, I, I, I would think so. Um, mm-hmm. Mountain Mountain View doesn't Mountain View's strength of schedule doesn't seem to be very very respected, um, right? By but any so, of the formulas, but they are still undefeated, right? right so yeah. I mean, undefeated is a difficult task for it is at any level for any team. So correct. Um, I mean, th- that Kentucky Wildcats team with Devin Booker and uh, Towns and like all those ballers, like dude, they couldn't even go undefeated, right? So correct. like, I mean. You know, undefeated is a, is, is a lot to ask of anybody. So, I mean, but the thing is, Mountain View right now is number five in the Open. Are they? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they're very respected. That's uh, that's what I'm saying. The uh, Oh, no. That's no, that's in the 6A. So. Right, right, right. right. right, right. Yes. Because the Open has Chandler, yes, Desiree, Open, Chandleton, yes. South Point. Mountain View would be number 14 okay. overall. But, but I mean, either way, Bash is going to pick up some points. But I, yes. think, if, I think if, Mount, if either Mountain View or Corona wins their next two games, then that's who you'll see a committee throw to be like the sacrificial lamb for Chandler in game one. Or Hamilton, potentially. Yes, I would say, yeah, Mountain View or Corona would get them to the open indeed. And either way, that bodes well for Basha because they will have played both of them. Win or lose, and they're getting some points. So yeah, I think the I Bears get to the playoffs. Bash is good. I don't know. Yeah. I I I know you expected them to win, but I didn't expect them to also be good. Like yeah. this is a good football team, right? Well, and Demon Williams can play yeah, a little so bit of football. So he, hey, uh, Cody was trust me a little bit. Cody was telling me that he, his film. Cody, he didn't say this word for word, but Cody was telling me that his film as a freshman is. Very good. Oh yeah, no. I mean, because I, mean, I, uh... I went to Spencer Rattler's first game. You and I both watched him play as a freshman multiple times. I would say that Spencer Rattler, like we knew from watching him throw, outside of actually playing those games, yeah, yeah, yeah. that he was going to be a very special player and have every offer in the world. But there was a couple of those games where I'm like, I don't know if you would say his film was good. Cody Cameron is saying that mm. that Demond's film is really good. Um, like for a high school quarterback, period. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. I mean, anytime that you you play as a freshman um, right. at the quarterback at position level, and right. you're successful, I mean, your you're team and your record yeah. reflects that. I, I I think yeah, for sure, your your film has to be good. Um, I do not want to get into the comparisons with Spencer Rattler, but uh, one, if I remember correctly, I. I like some of Spencer's film. I, I didn't particularly like the film against Chandler, which I remember he threw for a buck fifty and three three interceptions. But but even um, though you, even then after that game, I talked to Sean Aguano and I was like, "Hey man, that that was that was special, right?" And he's like, "Oh, he's going to be a problem for a very long time." There were there were glimpses in there, flashes of brilliance. Yeah, I was yeah. Say. I mean, I'm assuming that's probably the same thing that would happen if Basha played Chandler this year, if right? Not, if not worse because Chandler just keeps getting better and better sure. and better but 
Um, no, it, it's not Ken, a... Ken was a rough debut for, for any... It is. For any oh, absolutely. Yeah. Austin Glimps from Centennial made his debut, and, you know, for a while, he was going okay. He had no interceptions. Right before sure. the second half, right before the first half ends, he throws his first one. And then, obviously, you know the you know how the avalanche starts. So, oh, like, you know, he ended up with three picks that night. But anyways, uh, Demon Williams, super special talent. Absolutely. Like, he was my number one rated uh, quarterback for the 2024 class uh, before anybody had really seen um, any of these kids go. Uh, they got a couple kids, though. Miles Lockhart, who has been He's very, very well coached in, right. youth, in his youth days. <laughs> and uh, also Bryson Deadman is super talented. But I think it's a senior leadership over there that's really benefited them. Um, Caden Camacho has been instrumental. Caleb Jones, like we've already talked about, and you know they're they kind of got a nice little Andrew mix. Barney, who didn't and, play Andrew, the other night, right, but right. Overall, he's a senior and and he's a stud. And yeah, you know, uh, and the night and when he has played, he's been brilliant. Um, yeah. You know, uh, James Duran has been solid in his second year on varsity. Trent Pennington. Trent Pennington's mm-hmm. coming in there. Christian Earls is trying to do his thing, coming back to football. Um, you know, th- th- this team is loaded with some There's special a lot guys, man. Going and, on and yes. I mean, I would think that something really special could happen in a couple of years. I mean, it's... Um, I'm anticipating yeah, that. Two yeah. years. Give them two that, years. Yeah, absolutely. No, so the, uh, the Bears and the Toros, they get it on on Friday night. The Hamilton Huskies, big win over the Highland Hawks. Final score was 46-26 as Coach, excuse me, Coach Zadebski's team is now 5-0. and Chili, this is what you've been waiting for. Nico Martial, 31 of 35 for 352 yards. The biggest thing that I see there, he hit nine different receivers. That's a lot of weapons for this standout quarterback. There, there, there's so many things that I love about uh, Nico Martial and watching him throw and stuff like that uh, when I went out to practices. Um, this is a special kid, and my man can sling it. I've been waiting for the big 300-plus yard game, and finally I get to see it. And I think, you know, he's kind of been waiting. He didn't want to, you know, do it against a team that was so subpar. You know, he kind of waited, did this methodically. And they didn't have to. They didn't have to. And and anybody can put up yards, you know, against, you know, like the Maricopas of the world and stuff like that. My Mm -hmm. man wanted to wait for kind of a more premier game, the tune-up for Chandler and stuff like that. So he does this against a very, very talented and tough Highland team uh, led by one of the most talented safeties in the land, Eamon Allen. And, you know, Mark, you all timing just, you know, right right on cue. And uh, like you said, he hit a whole bunch of receivers, uh, Lewis, Shuck, Anaya, um, Lockhart, Lee, Martin. Even my man Cole Martin got in the mix, uh, my freshman of the year last year. Um, Jackson Haynes, one of my super talented 23s also, and Michael Masunas. That Jackson Haynes catch, by the way, if you haven't seen it, probably the best catch of the whole year. Wow. Mark Yole threw a little bit behind him, running down the field. Uh, Haynes was running toward the sideline, and uh, you just saw him leap, stretch his hand back, one-hand it, and pull it in for the catch. And then he got a few yards after the catch, too. That was that was one of the better catches that I've seen in person. And then he tweeted it out. I'm going to see if I can find it and, and put it in the uh, the article post. For, Ru- for rumor has it it was scripted. For overtime. Spectacular catch for overtime. Oh, for, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that was, uh, yeah, that, w- that was something else. Um, I was at this game. Mm-hmm. Wish I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Did not have a good experience out at Highland High School. Uh, definitely not a school that has taken the, uh, the, the, the pandemic protocols seriously. Um, it was not a good experience. I will not go again. I will, I'll not be going to any games at, at Highland. And it's a shame that that has to be, because it's a program that we've all come to fully respect. I mean, hard-hitting is 
something that is almost uh, yeah. underrated. But if the Hawk Nation is not going to take this pandemic seriously, it's very, very tough to go cover a home game out there. Yeah, and the, the chance is we're going to see them further down the road anyway because I'm telling you after watching this Highland team, they could have won that game. They absolutely could have beat Hamilton. The, the key to playing against Hamilton is to just – you have to be perfect. And Highland was not perfect. They um, they were on their way to score in the first half, and Gage Daly juked a Hamilton defender and need the ball out of his own hand. That's funny. Ended their drive that was going really well. And then when uh, when Hamilton sco- uh, scored the touchdown to make the game 20-20, to because Highland had the lead for almost the entire time. first half, mm-hmm. um, Highland just didn't field the kickoff. Like, inside the 10 didn't field the kickoff. Bounced right off a dude's face mask into a, into a Ham- Hamilton player's hands. And then, so then we go into the half, like 27-20 or something like wow. that. Wow, yeah. 20, so mm-hmm. it, was, it was very, um, very much literally fumbled away their opportunity by Highland. And then, after that, in the second half, it was, it was a fairly evenly played game. Uh, in their desperation to get back in the game, Highland made a couple of mistakes. Gage Daly tried to throw in between um, our guy Russell Davis II's hands, whose wingspan is just enormous. (laughs) He tried to squeeze it over Russell Davis's head and just threw it right to Cole Cole Martin. Um, So this, Hamilton just did everything right, and they're probably going to continue to do everything right, and if they give you any opportunities, you have to take advantage of them, but they're so tough on defense. I absolutely love what they bring in the running game. I love their offensive line. They had one drive where they ran the offense through the big tight end Michael Masunas. He had three catches just on that drive alone, and it was the first time in a long time where I've seen like a 6'4", 240 kid out there playing tight end who actually looked like a college tight end. Because we, you know, we've we watched obviously some really great tight ends come out of the city of Chandler, mm-hmm. but they're more like players who will grow into their position. Like Braden Librock, he okay, went out sure. to the University of Texas and they put 35 pounds of muscle on him out there. Mm-hmm. But he was a guy that would kind of play like in trips in the slot on the inside and and he was quick so he could run on and he was tall. So sure. he's kind of like a receiver. And um you know, we've seen that with uh, Patrick Baldinegro at Chandler mm-hmm. and stuff like that. This is an actual, like, full-size tight end. Wow, that's And great. so to be able to have that in your offense is an extreme luxury. The running game is great. It's not just Noah Schmidt, even though Noah Schmidt's really good. Ahead, um, yeah. Hamilton runs that play. I've, I've gotten so used to it where it's it, it looks like a draw almost. Like, it looks like a quick bubble screen pass. Okay. Um, where Markiel will just take the snap and then he'll he'll like put the ball down at his hip and make the empty-handed throw to the sideline, but he's actually handed the ball oh, off. Already, wow. um, good stuff. And and they they've been able to get a lot of yards out of that. Um, the you know the running backs um, that are behind Schmidt are athletic, and obviously we talked about Jackson Haynes catch sure. the receivers um, Anaya and Shuck. Like they they can all make plays. Right. This is um, I mean, everybody does a lot of things well. I yeah. Mean, I think that's yeah. what's making it difficult on all their opponents. And Chris Trojan coming into his own and Russell Davis not being somebody that you can really block very easily. All that's really tough and, and the idea that Highland had a chance to win this game and mm-hmm. kind of really gave away their position. You know, Gage Daly was dropping dimes. Max Davis is 
And Max Davis is very good running back. Right, because we've seen him as a sophomore yeah. even, so he's been playing for a while, and he's There's safety, Eamon Allen, um, torched Hamilton on offense, laid some absolutely massive hits on defense. He's like 6'3", over 200 pounds, probably one of the fastest players I've seen in the whole state. And I remember last year when you know Aiden Lee out at Desert Ridge was really that guy where we all looked at him and we were like, how is he not getting... The offers and the, the attention. Because he's like he's physically mature, he's fast, and he's oh, wow. incredibly strong. And, well, this is Eamon Allen this year, and I would not be surprised. You know, there's a lot of Mountain West schools that are licking their chops to try to get him on campus. Well, I see him, I'm like, I don't, I don't see a single school in the Pac-12 where he wouldn't be an impact player. Interesting. And so Highland actually threw a lot of really talented players out there. Um, the mistakes they made, you know, Hamilton took advantage of it. And, and if Hamilton is going to be that team then I think they have the ability to, to compete with anybody because that's really how they handled Saguaro as well mm-hmm. was a couple of special teams miscues that's true. and that Hamilton game wins that to. game um, but they also have the ability to dominate which we saw against Centennial, Centennial yeah. we're getting the old Hamilton back like Chilio says Hamilton's backpack we're getting the physical Hamilton back but also with an expanded offensive repertoire this team is truly scary and they beat a Highland team that I feel like was their equal. Was their equal by twenty? If you just want to talk about the final score. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so, and then we're gonna we'll be able to get a measurement on what this Highland team actually is. You know, assuming all the kids don't get COVID because none of the fans, the four thousand fans in the stands, had masks Crazy. on. Yeah. Um, hopefully, yeah. Highland's taking care of each other, and they can go out there and, and we can get a measurement of what Chandler is. And we can take that Centennial game and this Highland game, and, and that can help us build a good preview for this ESPN matchup on November twentieth between Hamilton and Chandler. Absolutely. No, it's uh, it's all coming down. To uh, to the to the wire, so to speak, and yes, indeed, the Chandler Wolves they had the uh, the week off, and yes, like you mentioned, they'll take on Highland and the Perry Pumas. They had the week off, but Chile, you've got some news involving their quarterback. Yeah, so uh, Dane White has elected to have uh, season-ending back surgery, and um, it will end his high school football career. It will not have to end his football career. Hopefully he gets an opportunity to play at the next level because he definitely deserves to play on Saturdays. Uh, you know, I think that he could play. Uh, at a, he has a lot to offer, a lot of schools, uh, quarterback slash athlete. I think that, you know, he could uh, offer some schools something in terms of like a safety defensive back type. Um, or, you know, um, early on in his college career, maybe like a scout team quarterback. Uh, you know, I, he, he's talented. Uh, maybe, maybe he could walk on at NAU. Um, try to get an opportunity up there. Uh, I, I don't see why he couldn't really walk on anywhere. Um, like I said, as a scout team quarterback, I think he'd uh, have a lot, to, a lot to offer. Uh, definitely could play early on, like if he chose to go like D three, D two, something like that. So okay, good stuff. And uh, yeah, hopefully that's not the uh, the last that we've heard from Dane White. Well, fellas, as always, it's uh, it's been good chopping it up with you. We've got uh, two more weeks left in the. Regular season, as you said, Ralph, hopefully everybody mass up and uh, we don't see any more postponements, whether it's within the Chandler bubble or anywhere within the Valley. Yes, we always focus on the Chandler area schools, but at the same time, we want to see football being played. We want to see it played throughout the postseason because 
More than likely, I would think the top two seeds in the open will be on Arizona Avenue. So it's uh, yeah, I think I think you got an opportunity for an open championship. I think you have opportunity for a six A title. Mm-hmm. I think you have opportunity to compete at three A three A level. Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, let's let's see if we can do our part. I guess uh, and shout out to Perry Badminton. Who yes, won a state championship. So want to make sure that we give them a uh, shout out. Yeah, I'll probably talk about them a little bit more on, uh, on the Saturday AZ Preps 365 show. But fellas, he's Ralph. He's Chili. I'm Brett. This is the Seatown Rivals podcast presented by BQ Enterprises.